these things. We acknowledge you, we praise you, we thank you. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's lift up our voice. Hallelujah. We give to you adoration. Lord, we give to you praise. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I thank you, Lord. I exalt your great name. Give to you thanks and praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Why don't you turn to somebody that is close by to you and greet them, smile at them, and tell them it's good to see you. Praise God. That's good. Why don't you, yeah, just move out and maybe go across the way some too would be fine. Praise God, praise God. Amen. God is good to us as we stand together. If you have your Bibles, turn to Titus chapter number 3 and verse number 5. Titus chapter number 3 and verse number 5. We will begin reading from that. If you're there, say amen. Praise God. Titus chapter 3, verse number 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. 
For a few moments here tonight, I want to talk about the paths of power. Amen. The paths of power. In this passage of Scripture, we get two directions. We get regeneration and we get renewing. Amen. The Holy Ghost is able to do two of those things, but they are two distinct and separate things. Amen. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. How about you? Amen. I'm thankful for his spirit, his anointing, and his power. And I'm thankful for his goodness and his greatness. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and praise you. Amen. We thank you for your ability, your strength. Amen. It is certainly not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to your mercy. You saved us. It's a regeneration thing, and it is a renewing thing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody thank him for the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Somebody thank him for the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to speak to you just for a few moments about the paths of power. There are different trajectories that individuals can take and go. There's different pathways, and certainly there are paths that one can take that lead us in a, a direction that is a wrong direction. Amen. Some of us can testify. As a matter of fact, probably just about all of us can testify to the fact that there's some roads that I have taken that have led me down a wrong pathway. The psalmist said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So it leads me and it directs me. I'm thankful that God directs us and he leads us into the right path. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to your word. Your word directs me. Your word guides me. It leads me down the right path, the path that I need to take. And if, if I'm not careful and I'm not following the word of God, there's another path that I can take. There's a road that is traveled more and I can take that particular path and it can lead to a lot of things, a lot of dysfunction in some of our lives, we went down roads that were dead ends. We went down roads that did not produce good things in our life. And so that path is not the path we want to take. That's the pathway that the wise man in Proverbs talks about. He says, don't take the path of the way of folly. Don't take the path of the way of the strange woman. But that wise man said, listen to the voice of wisdom. Follow after her. She's speaking in the chief places of concourse and if you follow her there's going to be a right direction there's going to be a right path for your feet to walk upon hallelujah don't go the way of wickedness and don't go the way of folly and don't go the way of destruction but follow after the things of God because when you're walking down that direction and you're following that path there are good things that can take place in your life amen I want to walk down the path that may be led 
less traveled, but there's more of a blessing walking down that path than going down the way that everybody else is going, for that way is the way of destruction. It's not the way of truth. It's not the way of wisdom. It's the way of folly. It's the way of immorality. But I'm following after the things of God. I'm going the right direction. My feet are on the right path, and God can produce godly things in my life that bring me strength and anointing and power and ability. Praise God. Is there anybody in the house of God tonight? You're thankful. I'm not walking down the path of fools, but I'm walking down the path of the Spirit and the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Come on, we need to thank God tonight in the house of God that it's illuminated. It's clear to us. It's not a dark place. Amen. But God has shined a light on it. And so there's different pathways that people can take and different trajectories that can, they can take. And the most famous of the poems that we can read is the Frost poem that talks about I took the way that was less traveled and it made all the difference in the world. Just because everybody else is doing it does not mean that it is the right path. Amen. I said just because everybody else may be doing it doesn't mean that it is the right path. There has never been a case in which the numbers have been on the side of the Lord. He's always had a remnant. There's always a multitude and there's always a crowd that's going a direction. But the way of the Lord is always a remnant of people that are faithful to the calling of God. Just because everybody is doing stuff doesn't mean it's a wise decision for me to get involved in it. Somewhere you got to build some convictions and say, no, no. It doesn't matter what the friendships, it may cost me. I'm going to develop some convictions in my life. Otherwise, you're going to walk down the pathway of condemnation because you know you're doing stuff that you really shouldn't be doing and it's not producing good things in your life. you got to get something in, in your spirit with some grit and some determination and say, I'm going to have some convictions. I'm going to rest in those convictions. That may not be a popular opinion, but it's... It's not a popularity contest when it comes to the truth of God. It's about convictions and walking the right pathway and going down the right road. Man, the world's the world's always always going to have more of a crowd but thank God for a church of committed people where two or three are gathered together that say you know what we may not be the most popular but we are the people of God and because we're the people of God we got a message about the right pathway you need to get off the well-trodden path and walk the path to heaven because it's a better path it's a better direction and there's more power associated associated with it. There's salvation there. There's redemption there. There's restoration there. Praise God. Praise God. And so there's different paths that you can take in, in these passages of Scripture. This one passage that we have read revealed to us the two paths of power. Now, in that particular poem, he talks about coming to a fork in the road and having to choose which way am I going to go? And in the poem, he's, he's, he's actually, the history of it is he is walking with a friend and they come to a fork in the road and they do a lot of walking and they were bantering back and forth and he produces this uh, poem based on that particular walk looking down two different directions. And he 
basically makes the claim that if you go this way, you're never going to know what is over there. But he said this way didn't have as much foot traffic. And so that way seemed to be the right way. But when you looked over here and it was less trafficked and you went that right way, that became the better route to go. And, and he was better off for it. Sometimes we come to forks in the road in living for God. <clears throat> Amen. When God does something in your life, you've got, that's a fork in the road. You've got to make some real tough decisions. Amen. And say, you know what, I'm going to lay aside the things that so easily beset me. If I'm going to live for God, walk for God, and have some spiritual maturity and develop in God, there's going to be some decisions that I have to make. And there's a fork in the road. So I, I'm, I can't be friends with the same people because now they don't have the same values. I'm going a different direction because God is working in my life. And some of those decisions are hard decisions because you've come to a fork in the road. I'll just say this, okay? by way of introduction, you will never regret taking the pathway that God leads you. Amen. It, you, you won't regret it. Amen. There's a lot of regrets you may have because I thought this was the way that was going to produce fruitfulness and blessing in my life. It didn't bring anything but cursing in my life. But down this other direction that God directs and guides, there is blessing and there is the favor of God and there is the mercy of God and there there is a patience that God brings and long-suffering that God brings. You will never regret making a decision to serve God with everything that you've got in your heart, in your soul, and with everything that is in your might. You may have to walk away from some friendships, but if those friendships are going to keep you from being what God wants you to be, they're worth walking away from. There may be some things you've got to lay down, some old coping mechanisms you got to walk away from. But I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Ghost is greater than any substance, any addiction, any other power that is in the world. Praise God. Seemed like the theme this year in the 238 conference was greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We got to stop using excuses that the world is this and that and we can't do it and it's hard to live for God. We got to buckle up somewhere and get a conviction and say, wait a minute. There is nothing more powerful than the Spirit of God and with the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, everything external has to be influenced by what is coming out of me. <laughs> Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost here tonight? You may have gone through and be going through turmoil, difficulties, valleys, and struggles, but there's an anointing of God that is going to be faithful to you and walk with you and give you the strength to be an overcomer. The scripture didn't say you were just barely going to be able to make it. It said you're going to be more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the paths of power. So in that particular poem, he's talking about fork in the road, and the scripture talks to us about decisions that we have to make in life. John the Baptist, he is the harbinger of Jesus Christ, and he comes 
to create a fork in the road to the children of Israel and to the Pharisees. When they come out to the Jordan River and they see this guy, John the Baptist, preaching, he's talking about a fork in the road. And he says to them, you need to follow a baptism of repentance because there's one coming after me that's mightier than I am, the latchet of whose shoe I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. And when he comes, he's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and he's going to baptize with fire. It's time for a different direction. Israel, you become apathetic. You become tired. You become self-righteous. You need to follow a baptism of repentance because the Holy Ghost is coming. And when the Holy Ghost comes, things are going to change. And the kingdom of God is going to be uh, inaugurated. And there's going to be a breaking into the world. And you've got to create this idea that either I'm going to follow after things as they've always have been or I'm going to follow after Jesus Christ who is the true Messiah and who is promising the power of the Holy Ghost. We still preach the fork in the road. You got to change some things in your life. You got to remove some things in your life if you're going to be what God has called you to be. But it's going to be worth it. Praise God. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. I said, it's going to be worth it. Praise God. I would rather be used of God and not have the accolades of men. I said, I would rather be used of God and not have the accolades of men. Praise God. Young people, it's better to be used in the kingdom of God than on the fringes because everybody else is doing things that is not appropriate. Praise God. Thrust yourself. Busy yourself into the word of God. And since we're, we're talking about difficulties with young people, let me say something to the church. We can never have throwaway services. Every service means something. Praise. I can't tell you how many times I look at news stuff where a young person partying somewhere, takes something one time, and it affects their entire life, a life of addictions. And so it's just a one-time thing, a one-time thing. Well, we can't have a one-time miss in a church service when there's a lot depending on it. We got to come with power and inspiration and zeal. <laughs> Praise God. I was talking with Brother Kevin Forsyth and Terry Stewart, and we sat down in a podcast, uh, which is something that we just started called the Loops Podcast, and it's testimonials, it's theology, it's, it's a lot of different things, and sat down and talked to him about how he got started on a career playing drums, and then that led to going to Chicago to learn music out of high school, and then this guy persuaded him after hearing him play on a drum pad to come into studio to do jingles. And so he started doing jingles, and then they found out he was very talented as a drummer, and so then they pulled him into studio work. And so he's doing jingles and studio work. He's making better money than he was making at the deli sandwich shop, but he's, his time is consumed with all of this. He's tired. He's wore out. The guy that is mentoring him, the guy that is, that is prominent in his life, 
tells him, I've got something that can help you stay awake and be sharp, and it'll help you for three or four days. I mean, you'll be razor sharp. And so this is just a church boy coming out of a home missions church into the city of Chicago. He's going to school. There's a lot of things going in his life. And then someone that has some influence over his life suggests to him that there's here's something that you could do and try. And he snorted his first line of coke. The second line of coke, he said that was all it took for the next number of years for him to go down a pathway of addiction where every waking moment was spent trying to get money to produce something in his life that would be somehow meaningful to him and help him and then that led to alcohol because he had to offset all of this stuff and he wakes up one day and he wonders how in the world did I get here praise God there's going to be people coming to you with all kinds of schemes and games thank God I'm standing in a pulpit here tonight and telling you you don't need coke drugs, marijuana, pharmaceuticals, and all kinds of other stuff to give you life. Woo! What you need is the power of the Holy Ghost operating in your life. You're going to be elevated much greater with that spirit in your life than anything that the world can introduce to you. Don't follow the Pied Piper. Follow the Word of God. Praise God. So there are paths to power. Everyone say power. There's some paths to power. So this fork in the road, if you take the right road, I'll embellish the poem by saying that when you get on the pathway of righteousness, this scripture said it's not works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saved us. And then he puts us on a pathway. And when you're going down the right pathway, it, there's, there's, it opens up a whole arena of good things that God provides. <laughs> Amen. There may be some forks in the road in terms of God's kingdom, but every path you take in God's kingdom is a good road. It's not a negative road. Praise God. You could take the pathway of peace that passes all understanding. Amen. And somebody said amen. <laughs> you could take the pathway of joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And it continues. Thank God God continues to reveal his power and his ability that goes far above and beyond my limited capacity of understanding. Paul said in Romans chapter 11 verse 33 he said all the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. It doesn't matter how old you are God's always going to reveal himself in a new and a powerful way because you can't get to the depths of how great God is. You can't plumb the depths of how God, how good God is. You say well I've heard everything I know it. I've felt it all. No, there's still something God's going to show you. Praise God. There's going to be a circumstance that comes around in your life and you're going to realize I knew you in this way and I knew you in this way, but I never understood the power of knowing you in this way. That's the compound names of Jehovah. He's Jehovah Jireh. Abraham knew him as Jehovah Jireh, but then he continues to reveal his power. He becomes Jehovah Shalom. Who, he's the God who is our peace. He becomes Jehovah Sidkenu. He becomes every, every, every moment throughout the Old Testament, there is a, an illumination. There is a direction. There is a power that is revealing how great God is, that you can never, ever get to the depths of how good God is. 
is. And it's all culminated and wrapped up in a name that is above every name. Those compound names of Jehovah become Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, who came to save his people from their sins. Amen. And when you say Jesus, there's a depth to that name. When you say Jesus, there's a power to that name. When you say Jesus, there's an anointing to that name. I think we just need to clap our hands and thank the Lord that we understand not only how he blesses us, but we understand who he is. Amen. Let me, let me get to these paths of power. In verse number five of Titus chapter number three, it says the washing of regeneration. What is, what is, what is regeneration? And there's a difference between regeneration and renewing. Regeneration is something that God supernaturally does. Amen. He supernaturally does it. It is a regenerating. If you look at the the etymology of the Greek word regeneration, it's made up of two things. And the latter part of the word has to do with Genesis, the origin, the origin. So it's, it's going back to the origin and it's setting things right. We live in a fallen world, fallen humanity, but God, through the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, regenerates humanity. Amen. This is why the scripture says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become New, that's a regeneration thing. Amen. And so the washing of regeneration is when God transforms, radically transforms your life. This was the message that Jesus taught the disciples, and this was the message that they delivered on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter number 2, there was a new birth experience that built upon the foundation where Jesus told Nicodemus, except the man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You need a regeneration. You can't get to heaven in the current generation that you're in. You need a regeneration that completely transforms your life. And that happens through a birth of the water and through a birth of the spirit. And Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's a birth of the water and that's a birth of the spirit. And so Peter preached that. Amen. And then in Acts chapter 10, it was delivered to the Gentiles at Cornelius's house through Peter. And then Paul preached it in Acts chapter 19. You need a new birth experience that regenerates your nature so you can be reconnected to God because there we live, you, you have fallen in your nature. There is a fallen world that we live in. Humanity is fallen, but God knows how to regenerate our fallenness so that we can be in the house of God tonight and lift our hands and thank him that he has changed us, regenerated us, went back to the Genesis or the beginning of what we should be and he changed that and formed in us a new generation through the power of the new birth experience. I believe I'm in an apostolic church tonight that believes you need to be baptized in Jesus name and you need the infilling of the Holy Ghost operating in your life that produces transformative changes. What are we doing here if we don't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost? Where are we going if we don't believe in the power of a new birth experience?
Praise God. Don't bother going to Mexico if you don't believe in a transforming power of the Holy Ghost. Don't go to the prisons if you don't believe there's a transforming power of the Holy Ghost, a regeneration. But if you believe that God can change that person that's addicted and full of sin and wickedness, then you got to go to every part of the world. Come on, if you believe in regeneration, you gotta go, go, go. You gotta testify of his goodness and his greatness. It's a regeneration. It's going back to the genesis of what God sees you in the beginning. Now, Adam and Eve, they made a decision and a choice that impacted all of humanity, but in the beginning, in the genesis, God had provision and a plan and a direction. And and he planted them there in perfectness. And then after the fall, they fall under the first Adam. But the second Adam, the second Adam brings the regeneration that produces life. Amen. I love it when somebody testifies and says, Pastor, you know what? I want to tell you something. I thought I was living, but I really wasn't living. That was not really a life. When you're living at night thinking it would be better just to end everything, that's not life. Praise God. Jesus came and said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. Praise God. Anybody got a testimony like that? As a matter of fact, Sister Lisa stopped me. She stopped me. Her life, this is what we're talking about here tonight. This is the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of a new birth experience and regeneration. She told me, I want to tell you, Pastor, my cup is running over. She didn't have that testimony for the majority of her life. Brother Raymond, she didn't have that testimony for the majority of her life. But right here, the Holy Ghost filled her so emphatically it transformed her entire life so when she comes into the house of God on a Tuesday night she shakes somebody's hand and says my cup is running completely over on the goodness of God why because I've been regenerated the washing of regeneration that's a supernatural thing that's a God thing praise God amen it's about knocking my tooth out right there Washing of regeneration is a supernatural thing. It's something God does. There's a lot of other powers, and there's a lot of other things that people can do. And there's a lot of stuff that you can do, magic, evil, wickedness. There's all, there, I, there's all that kind of stuff. But there's nothing more supernatural than the power of the Holy Ghost. That's a God thing. God does it. God does it. Praise God. When, <laughs> When you're baptized in Jesus' name and we say in Jesus' name and you go down in a watery grave and you come up, there's a supernatural thing that happens that washes you and cleanses you of every sin that you committed. And then it goes all the way down humanity's bloodline, all the way to the beginning and says it's all wiped out. The slate is completely clean and it's not going to dominate your life anymore because Jesus is giving you power to be an overcomer and overcome sin. That's a supernatural thing. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you begin to speak in other tongues, that's not something I can teach you. That's not something I can do for you. you got to pray. you got to seek God if you really want the Holy Ghost. But when the Holy Ghost comes, it's a supernatural thing that God does. It's a washing of regeneration. Amen. That's God's thing. That's a path of power. 
Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. What makes us, somebody asked me just recently, they said, well, what makes us Pentecostal? Well, man, we're talking about it right here. We believe in the path of power of a new birth experience that is a regeneration. And well, how does that make you different from other people? Well, other people may do a confession, may sign a church card, become a part of a church family. We believe that there is an experience that happens the empowerment of the Holy Ghost and that's what brings you into the kingdom of God hallelujah my 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 and there is a power connected to you know how powerful it is let me tell you how powerful it is it is so powerful that a young man is next door to a church and he hears people praying in the Holy Ghost he never goes into the church but what he feels from that impacts his entire life some 50 something years down the road he comes into the house of God because he remembers the, the, the anointing that he felt as a young man and he comes to the house of God and God fills him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's how powerful it is. That's how amazing it is. That's a God thing, Brother Gary. That's a God thing. That's what God does. God does the washing of regeneration. Going back to the Genesis and regenerating things. Changing things. Transforming things. Amen. Setting things right. And then the other part of this in verse number five says the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. Regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost is two different things. Re Everyone say regeneration. Regeneration. I, we, we need to study some of these words sometimes because sometimes we get all excited about words and we, we're not even sure what, how they're defined or what they mean. We say things like, I'm sanctified, justified. And what, what, what does that even mean? And so uh, the depth of, of where we need to go to understand what regeneration is and renewing is. These are the paths of power. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and say, we need to walk on the paths of power. Praise God. We need, we need regeneration and we need renewing in the Holy Ghost. Renewing in the Holy Ghost. Now, what is renewing? In the Holy Ghost. Well, there are some misconceptions because some people think the renewing of the Holy Ghost is praying through. And praying through is something that you might need to keep the Holy Ghost in your life because you come against some struggles and difficulties. But the renewing of the Holy Ghost has nothing to do with praying through. Praying through means I'm having a struggle. Some things are in my life. I've allowed some things to accumulate some, some debris in my life. Some deleterious material, spiritual material in my life. <laughs> And so I got to get rid of it. I need a I need a breakthrough, a breakthrough, and a praying through is a breakthrough. I've just I've become complacent. I've become apathetic. I, I, I and so I need a breakthrough. So praying through is it's a breakthrough where the Holy Ghost breaks through and there's power and there's anointing. But renewing of the Holy Ghost is not a praying through. It's about growth and development. Because when you look in the book of Acts, you find that on the day of Pentecost, there is a regeneration that happens. And then they go out and they start preaching and proclaiming and they start teaching and God's doing great things. They heal a lame man at the gate called Beautiful and the chief priests and the Sadducees and the chief of the temple come to them and says, we don't want you preaching in Jesus name anymore. This is a problem. You're creating turmoil and difficulty. And so they throw them in prison. Then they call them out of prison and they ask them by what power, what name are you preaching? And they said, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name given under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus and Jesus. Jesus is who we're preaching. Amen. And so there was some difficulties. And now this early 
growing, forming church is now running into some turmoil and confrontation and problems. And so what are they going to do with that? They went to an upper room and they started praying. Now, here's what's fascinating about their prayer meeting. They didn't start the prayer meeting by addressing the problem. They started the prayer meeting by addressing how great God is. Amen. When you come to pray about your problem, put your problem on the back burner and say, God, I'm putting you first forefront priority. I'm going to praise you and worship you and magnify you. Amen. You know what's going to happen? You start magnifying and praising God. You end up solving the problem because you see the problem differently through the power of God's eye. If you come and just pray about your problem, you're praying with your problem through your eyes. But if you start making him greater and you start giving him glory, praise God, all of a sudden your focus on your problem becomes much, much different. God, you're great. You're worthy. And that problem is not as big as I thought it was because you're greater than the problem. Praise God, you're greater than the problem. So they went and they started praying, and they had a prayer meeting, and the scripture said that the place was shaken where they were assembled, and they stepped out of the prayer meeting with a boldness. They stepped out with a boldness to speak the word of God. And so they go out from that prayer meeting. It is by the renewing of the whole, same thing that happens in an upper room experience happens in the the room that they gathered together with their own company they had a prayer meeting and the holy ghost falls again the holy ghost is never intended to be a jerusalem experience and then no other experience it's jerusalem and then it is wherever you want to go it's jerusalem and bakersfield and mexico and and chicago the holy ghost continues to work in our life it's the renewing of the holy ghost never it is is it an intention that you're filled with the holy ghost in an upper room in jerusalem and there's never a renewing of the holy ghost god does the regeneration the renewing part is something you have to do and i have to do. God regenerates. It's my responsibility to renew it. This is why I've got to pursue God. Praise God. I've got to pursue the Holy Ghost. I've got some stake here. I've got to make it happen in our life. It just doesn't happen. I've got to open my mouth, lift up my voice, praise God, get into a prayer room, push through, break through to make sure there's a renewing in my life. That's a path of power. Stop and think about it. You look at just about every system in, in, in the world. So you look at the body's biological structure and system and everything that goes with that. Cells are in the body. Cells are always uh, replicating, duplicating, cleaning. Somebody said most of the dust that's in your house is from you shedding your own skin. That's Nasty, but that's probably very, very true. Your body's shedding, you're, you're, you're constantly renewing yourself. So, so how do we think that we're going to become spiritually renewed if we don't put something into effect to make that happen? And you can go down just about every system. Planes, trains, and automobiles. You, you gotta, they've got to be renewed. You just don't drive it off the car lot and okay, I'm good for another 150,000 miles. No, you got to put gas in it. You got to put oil in it. You got to go in and you got to fix this. You got to fix that. The windshield wiper's not working properly. You're constantly renewing some things to make sure the mode of transportation is in operation. Same thing with planes. They fly in, they fly out, but they go places. They fill them up. They do all kinds of this maintenance. Every single, it's, it's, a, it's a continuous thing. You, you look at technology, there's always an update. You can't just get your phone or piece of software and use it and use it and use it and think that it's going to last forever. There's all these updates that have to be done. And the same thing is true when it comes to the path of power in renewing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said something recently that really, really, really 
really, I, I wanted to be patient and kind, but they got upset with me because I get in this pulpit and I demand or I encourage people to pray and people to worship. And, and they said, well, somebody, should, I don't like that when somebody coerces or forces something. Listen to me. It's the job of the person up here as a worship leader to pull us into a renewing of God's anointing and present. And if it's not happened, then somebody needs to get up here and push that ball forward because we need a move of God's spirit. Don't get upset with me because I'm trying to encourage you to worship God so that we can create an atmosphere where people can be chained. I wouldn't be doing my job. It's my job to preach and proclaim and teach the power of God's anointing. And if we're not all on the same page, if we're not working together, how can that happen? Why are we going to sit around and hum and meditate and expect by osmosis somehow God comes in here and hits us with a bolt of lightning. You tell me where that's in scripture. When they went to their own company and they had a powerful prayer meeting, things broke out in a powerful way because they were unified. Nobody's going to receive the Holy Ghost if there's not an atmosphere that is prepared in the house for them to receive the Holy Ghost. You got to open your mouth. You got to praise God. You got to worship God. You got to create the atmosphere. the renewing of that's the path of power and that's something that I have to do God does the regeneration that's a supernatural thing where he goes back to the origins in Genesis and he transforms us praise God but in order there for there to be as stated in this verse here the renewing of the Holy Ghost in my life it is something I have to work at. Something I have to, I have to make it happen. Praise God. I got to be involved. I got to be engaged. I got to be connected. I got to be praying. I got to be worshiping. This is a personal responsibility in my own life. And when I start doing that, then all of a sudden my mind is renewed. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So when I'm doing what what the path of power when I'm doing the, I'm making the renewing happen it's it's affecting my mind it's affecting my strength I'm renewing my strength I'm renewing my mind I'm renewing Paul said in one place he said you're renewing the inner man how does that happen it happens when I put forth the effort and take the responsibility to make it happen some people say I want the Holy Ghost pray for me and give me the Holy Ghost I can't give you the Holy Ghost that's a supernatural thing that God does I'll pray with you I'll try to pray with you and help you, but I can't confer the Holy Ghost on you. And if you're not going to pray and seek God for the renewing of the Spirit in your life, I can't give it to you. That's just something you got to press, you got to desire, you got to be hungry for. If you want the Holy Ghost, I'd be in the altar every service with my hand lifted up, magnifying God. Praise God. You can't be on the fringes and expect God to bless you. You got to be right in the middle of what God is doing. Praise God. God's trying to pull you in, draw you in. You can't be on the fringes. You got to get in the middle of what's happening. Praise God. Amen. You say, well, I've been here a long time and I've tried and it's not working. Then you're going to have to go somewhere else and try somewhere else because you know what? People are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, now, matter, as a matter of fact, if, if you want to be critical on, on what I'm saying here right now, 
You shouldn't send anybody away. Listen, if you want the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost in this place. It's, it's not a problem with God. God's supernatural and he regenerates. The problem is in the renewing process. The problem is in what you have to do. They'll say, well, it's not happening. Well, let me tell you about a lady by the name of Cassie that came on a Sunday morning. She attends church somewhere, and she came on Sunday morning. A very, very nice lady, nice daughter. And, and she came on a Friday night at 238 Youth Conference, and it was so full and so packed, she was very disappointed. And so she turned around and went home. And that's sad. I wish, I wish we had, I wish we could, I don't know what I wish. But I wish we could get everybody in, and, and it, it, was, it was so full. We had chairs up here, and we had chairs completely in the lobby. And, and so when she came, she, she, could, she couldn't make it in for the press. <laughs> so she went home. And she went home, and she turned on the, the live stream, and she watched the service. And in the middle of the service, she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You want the Holy Ghost, you can receive it. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. Praise God. That's how powerful the Holy Ghost is. But there's got to be renewing. It's got to be something that you press into. Praise God. What an amazing story. And so the paths, as we stand together in the house of God here tonight, the paths of power, the paths of power, the regeneration, washing of regeneration, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost are paths of power. Paths of power. Praise God. What's regeneration? It's something that God supernaturally does. It's a new birth experience. What is the renewing of the spirit? The renewing of the Holy Ghost is something that I have to, I have to make it happen. This is why Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, and he gives them the Shema, and he says, Thou shalt hear the voice of the Lord thy God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and might. And something grammatically that's kind of fun with that passage of Scripture because might in Hebrew is an adverb. And so it's kind of left out there dangling. And so some writers say all your heart, your soul, and all of the muchness or very that you have. So the translators say, well, all your might, that must, that must be what it is. Jesus added to it and said all your mind. Praise God. There's, there's some personal responsibility that I, I have to, to do on my own to make that happen. Praise God. Are you thankful for a God that does supernatural things? Man, he's done supernatural. Has he done supernatural things in your life? <clears throat> Praise God. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's thank him for the supernatural things that he does. God, we praise you. Praise God. And then there's a renewing. There's a renewing that happens that is something that I have to do. I've got to be faithful to the house of God. I've got to be a true worshiper, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. I've got to spend time in the scripture. This is the beginning of the year. And so you, you could start at the beginning of the year and you can take off little chunks and read all the way through the Bible. And it would be a great accomplishment to you. So you need to that, that, that maybe that needs to be a goal in your life. I'm going to make sure that I get through the scripture this year on some kind of a reading plan. Amen. There are things that I have to, I've got to, I've got to do. I've got to press towards. Amen. Praise God. I've got to produce. So the renewing of the Holy Ghost is something I have to make happen. God does his thing. He always does what he's supposed to do. And as long as you do what you're supposed to do, God always does what he's supposed to do. 
Amen. And that is the paths of power. Praise God. I'm waiting for the musicians. They're not coming. The singers are not coming. Uh, maybe I didn't ask. Did I ask for them or not? I just said stand. So if I say stand, that means they're not coming if they just stand. Praise God. Don't come. Stay there. Amen. The paths of power. You know what we need in our world today? We need the paths of power. We need supernatural, amazing God things that happen, signs, miracles, and wonders. And we also need to be people that are engaged in the work of God, in the, in the movement of God, in the power of God, and the anointing of God. But you take those two things and you, you tie them together like Paul does here in Titus. There's an anointing and a power of God that can supersede everything else. Amen. I want to walk in those ways. Amen. I want to walk in those paths. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you and praise you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the empowerment and the empowerment that comes through your anointing and your strength. And I ask that you would direct us and that you would guide us. Amen. Help us to walk down the right path. Help us to develop some convictions and incorporate it into our spiritual life and walk with you. I thank you and praise you. We worship you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. We pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. This is meet and greet. Meet somebody and greet them before you leave the house of God here tonight. Amen. Have a week of rest. We've had a busy week last week. Thank you for being in the house of God tonight. Have a week of rest. We'll see you in the house of God on Sunday. God bless you.